Well, let's look at John 15, verse 1. We've, we've uh, spent some weeks talking about relying on Him. You guys know we're supposed to rely on Him. We're supposed to rely on our Lord. We're not supposed to live this life on our own. Christianity is not uh, a man-made religion. It's not something that, it's not a self-help thing. It's not something that we're supposed to, you know, drum up in ourselves and try real hard and do a good job and be a good Christian. That's, that's not it. We're supposed to rely on our Lord, and we can't do anything apart from Him. We need to know that. Makes it a whole lot easier. <laughs> if you think you're supposed to do it all, it gets really, really hard. But if you understand from the beginning, you're supposed to rely on our Lord. He's our enabler. He's the one that helps us. He's the one that's going to give us the strength to do what he told us to do. Well, now it's not up to you anymore. Uh, now you invoke his power. You invoke his help. You're not, it's not just limited to you. It's not limited to me. Thank God it's not limited to our, our ability, our intelligence, our connections, our strength. It's we're tapping into the Almighty, and you know He does not have any limit. See, that we have limits, so talking about something that doesn't have any limits blows our mind. We can't, we can't think that way. We can sort of wave our hands at it, but, you know, something without limit, somebody that had no beginning, that right there just makes your mind go, just can't, just can't compute that. Your mind says, has to have a start. Mind says, who was before him? Well, you just keep going back forever. And he is. You can't comprehend that. Don't even try. I can't comprehend that. But it's true. But your mind will tell you, no, there's got to be a beginning. Well, your mind's, your mind's limited. Don't trust your mind. <laughs> that ought to be your first clue. So we, we don't want to rely on our, our limitations. You rely on him, well, you just... You just blew open the door. Anything is possible to him who believes. John 15, verse 1. <clears throat> Read this. And of our jumping off point says, I am the true vine. This is Jesus speaking. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Jesus says, for without me, you can do how much? Nothing. Nothing. Now, you can get stuff done in and of yourself. People do it all the time, don't even know God. But he's talking about fruit that will remain. He's talking about eternal things. Anything that you do in and of yourself is just going to be burned up. Any of people, it doesn't matter how big people build stuff, doesn't matter how powerful they look, if it's in and of themselves. You're talking about before the Almighty, before the King of the universe. If he didn't tell you to do it, if it's not for him, in the, the court of the universe, when he looks at it, he says it's nothing. He doesn't need your little, in the middle of this universe, in our little galaxy, in our tiny little planet, you know, in this speck 
and you think you built something, and he looks and goes, you didn't do anything. You didn't do what I told you to do. You didn't do it at my strength. It's nothing. It doesn't remain, and it's gone. All that effort, all that so-called ability, wasted. No, he said, without me, you can do nothing. That means without me, you can't do anything of any importance. So that ought to calibrate us right there. <laughs> All right. I'm looking to him. And anything else, you just better put blinders on, you know, like a racehorse. Just, no, I'm going, I'm going toward him. If it's not of him, if he's not helping me to do it, if he didn't ask me to do it, if I'm not relying on him, then I'm not going to have anything to do with it. It's going to be nothing. So we need to rely on him, though. That's the point. You have to rely on him. If you're going to run your race, if you're going to do what God called you to do, if you're going to live what the word tells you to do, you're going to have to rely on him. You can't do it in the flesh. John 5, 19, this is Jesus again. He's, it says, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. He's not talking about himself. He said, the son, talking about himself, Jesus, can do nothing of himself. <laughs> Say, what? Jesus is saying he can't do anything of himself, just what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. So he said he only does what the father, he can only do what the father uh, sees the Father do well. If Jesus is that way, He already told you you have to. You can only do what He what. Uh, you can't do anything apart from Him. So, Jesus Himself said that. How much more us? If Jesus had to walk this earth, relying on the Father, empowered by the Holy Spirit, we're gonna have to do the same thing. Amen. You're not special. In that way. <laughs> you are special, but you don't get to violate the word of God. You're not just all that. I'm not all that. You know, actually, it's religion and, you know, Satan's cunning. He'll try to get you to just do it by yourself. Because you're just, you know, you're anointed. You're, 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 you got it going on. There's a fine line there. You start kicking into where you think you're something, you're set up. Go nowhere fast. All right, let's read a few more scriptures that we read last time. It will get into some specific, but I don't want to leave. I want to uh, run through these just a few. Zechariah 4.6 says, So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. So not by the might or power of humans, but uh, by the Lord's spirit. Second Chronicles 18, verse 8, or actually 9, says, For the, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. The eyes of the Lord... They're scanning the whole earth. What's he looking for? To show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. So he's looking for something in the heart. Notice he's not looking for anything on the outside. 
Notice he's not looking at the, the person that people would say they're the most beautiful. Amen. That helps them all, the whole, whole lot of us. <laughs> you, got, you got an industry full of people that the world would consider beautiful. And a lot of them have just a wreck of lives. Their, their lives are a wreck. So that doesn't, that doesn't do it. I was talking to one minister one time. You know, this was before I was married. And he was married. And, uh, you know, I was just talking to him, you know, oh, looking forward to when I get a wife and just talking, you know, just about stuff. And he was just like, well, one thing I remember he said, he was like, you know, just remember this, you know, as you're, you're looking, you know, look at the right things. And, uh, but he said, you know, he goes, you know, look at, look at Hollywood. You know, they got people that what, what the world could, would consider perfect and exterior. And yet they get divorced and go run after somebody else. Think about it. I mean, seriously, people that, uh, people all over the world thinks, thinks this is the most beautiful woman or most handsome guy. And yet they go, leave that one, and go after somebody else. And people are like, well, I would take them. You don't have to live with them. But, you know, it's just, so that doesn't do it. And they may get with another one, that another one, 10 out of 10, externally. And they're after somebody else. Stupid. So that doesn't do it. So God's not scanning the whole world going, wow, that's a specimen. For one thing, there hasn't been anybody like Adam and Eve. It's all downhill from there. <laughs> they were perfect. You know, talk about form and they, they were it. Proportions, you know, the rest of us just over time, you know, you got a little bit crooked, this, you know, eyes this, ear, you know, but are, there's nothing. <laughs> Symmetrical, everything. Proportions, perfect. So anybody that's like, you know, you're several thousand years after the fact and going, well, I'm all that, you're deceived. God's not looking at that anyway. So God's not scanning going, oh, yeah, that person I can use. They're really good looking. And he's not going, scanning the whole earth going, ooh, that guy's got money. Are you kidding me? God created all the precious metals in the universe. He doesn't need money. Well, he's really smart. Are you kidding me? He's going to go around and go, oh, that guy's smart. Again, compared to Adam, you ain't smart. I know that's not proper English. We're not smart. Adam and Eve, and the world's gone through some changes, I believe, since then. I mean, we're just not operating on all cylinders. We may be calibrated to this realm, how we think we are, but, I mean, we're not, we're not that, that high capacity. I mean, Adam lived to be 900-plus years. Okay, we're, we've degraded. God is not looking, going, ooh, that dude's smart. 
I need that. He's not looking at that. God is infinitely smart. What's he looking for? He's looking for a person whose heart is loyal to him. Put that verse up. He's looking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Whose heart is loyal to him. That's what he's looking for. See, that? that's a choice. All the external is one thing. Somebody that goes after God and says, God, I, I want you. I trust you. That's precious to God. And that he'll, he'll go over everybody and say, all right, I'm going to do something with you. Psalm 147.10 said, He takes no pleasure in the strength of a horse or in human might. You know, you'd say horsepower, your car. Doesn't impress him. Well, that's a $300,000 car, so still just going to go from point A to point B. Doesn't mean you can't have nice stuff, but it just doesn't impress God. It's pretty archaic by heaven standards anyway, I would think. He just, he takes no pleasure in human might, human ability. No, the, the Lord's delight is in those who fear him or reverence him, who put, put their hope in his unfailing love. So we're supposed to rely on him. He's not relying on us in the sense that he needs what we have. He needs people. He does need people to obey him and to do his will on the, the earth. It's just that those aren't the people that many, the world would think. He's not looking at the same qualities. So let's look at Proverbs 3, 5 and get into what we have tonight. Oh, that's all good. That we're, we have that for tonight too, but you know, that's all part of it. But Proverbs 3, 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's what God's looking for. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That would, that would be like what he's looking for, right? And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. So if you're relying on him, if you're trusting in him, if you're not leaning on yourself, but you're acknowledging him in every way, now he's going to direct you. You can rely on him for direction. You can rely on him to help you get where you need to be to do what he's told you to do. Look at this in the Amplified Classic. It says, lean on, trust in and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. Verse 6, In all your ways know, recognize, and acknowledge Him, and He will direct and make straight and plain your paths. So he, you know, people, people want to hear from God. People want to be directed by God. Well, this is telling you how to do it. You start trusting him and relying on him and pressing to him and make him the center. Now you can hear. Now you can get direction. 
Now he'll lead you. Look at it in Amplified. So we looked at in Amplified Classic. Let's look at it in Amplified. It says trust in and rely confidently. We're talking about relying on him, right? You can't do nothing apart from him. Here it says trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. So you're relying on him with all your heart. You're not relying on somebody else. You're not relying on yourself. You're not relying on any external thing. You're relying on him with all your heart. That means you give him every part of it. You say, Lord, I'm relying on you. Do not rely on your own insight and understanding. Do not rely on your own in insight and understanding. Verse 6, in all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him, and he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. So he said, verse, verse 5, you trust and rely confidently on the Lord, and then you don't rely on your understanding and your ability. So you're supposed to rely on him and you're specifically not supposed to rely on you. Now, he could have said rely on something else. He's saying what to rely on and what not to rely on. So if we're relying on ourselves, then we're not relying on him. If we're relying on him, then we're not relying on us. And see, there's a continuum there. The way we want to be is 100% on him, nothing on us. But you could be 90% on him, 10% on you. Well, the 10% on you is what's going to mess you up. You know, if it's 10% on him and 90% on you, you're going to have a whole lot of mess up. And you're not going to be directed. You're not going to hear right. You're not going to hear because you're relying on you. You've got to be willing to trust him. You've got to be confidently trusting him. And that's how you're going to hear. <clears throat> Somebody said it like this. You'll get the plan on the willing band. You'll get the plan, you'll get what you're supposed to do that can be big, what you're, what you're doing for your whole life, what you're supposed to be doing long term, but also what you're supposed to be doing any given day. How are you going to do that? You're willing. How are you willing? You're trusting God. You trust Him. You're willing to do whatever that He said to do. And that would include what's in His Word. See, people go, I'll do whatever you want, God, but, you know, there's in black and white what the Word says, and a ball won't do that. Well, you're not trusting Him. You're not relying on Him. You're not acknowledging Him. You're relying on you, and you can't do anything in of yourself if you, unless you rely on Him, and if you're not relying on Him, that means you're relying on you, and if you rely on you, you're just producing stuff that's going to be burned up. You're just like the world. To the degree that you trust in yourself, you're acting like the world, and you're going to get the world's results. Doesn't matter if you're a Christian. Doesn't matter how long you've been going to church. Doesn't matter how many sermons you heard. It's what you do with it. Is if you heard it, but you decide to do your thing, 
and you rely on you and you don't rely on him, you're going to get those results. They're going to be burned up. It doesn't matter how many verses you can quote. It doesn't matter how many uh, preachers you've listened to. It doesn't matter how many books you read. It doesn't matter how many meetings you've been to. It's how much you acknowledge him in life and how much you rely on him. To that degree, the, more, the higher percentage you rely on him, here it says you rely on him with your whole heart. You rely on with your whole heart, now you're going to get his results. Now you're going to get fruit that's going to remain. You're going to be able to hear what you need to hear, and you're going to be enabled to do what you need to do. Amen? Not your stuff. We read this last week, 1 Corinthians 1.26. <clears throat> It says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. So that's not going to happen. You know why this is, I believe, a lot? is because the mighty, the people that have a lot, they have a hard time doing what we just read in Proverbs 3. They have a hard time acknowledging him in every way. They have a hard time relying on him. Too easy to rely on yourself. But he said there's the foolish things of the world. Well, foolish in the, the eyes of the world, but what's God looking again? He's not looking for the things the world looks. So the world would go look at all these externals saying, check, check, check. And these other things, they're, they're not looking at, but God's looking at the heart. The world doesn't see that, and so God sees something the world doesn't see. It may look foolish to the world, but actually it's right in line with what God needs because he needs somebody that's yielded to him. He can do the rest. Seriously, he can do the rest. He doesn't need anything a person can provide. He can get it done because he is going to use people that are yielded to him to get it done. Proverbs 3, verse 7. We're just going to read a number of verses along these lines. Because we want to crush any, any part of us that, that is, is going to uh, not rely on him. Any of that self-reliant stuff, we got to get it out. To the degree that it's in us is the de to the degree that it's going to trip us up. Jesus said, you can't do anything apart from me. So what do we need to do? 100% him. I, help me, God. In fact, let's just pray right now. Say, dear Lord, help me to identify anything in me that's not relying on you. Any place where I, I'm relying on myself, where I'm relying on my ability, where I'm relying on my resources, where I'm not listening to you, help me to identify it and help me to get rid of it. Lord, I want you. I want your things. I want your way, and I want your results. So I trust you now 
to help me follow you and identify anything that would get in the way. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Proverbs 3, verse 7. It says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Do not be wise in your own eyes. So anything that would look good to you, you're not looking through that lens. You're looking through what God said. We just prayed. Lord, help me to see. If it's something that I'm seeing that I I think, uh, I'm thinking a certain way, but it's wrong, and I'm relying on myself, help me to get rid of that because it's not going to help me. Help me. To fear the Lord, depart from evil, because it says it will be health to, to your flesh and strength to you, to your bones. Romans 12, verse 16. And we said, we read uh, Proverbs, we're, we're relying on Him, we acknowledge Him, we trust Him with all our heart, and then He's going to direct us. So these are some verses showing us, now, this is the way to go, this is not the way to go. Romans 12, 16 says, Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Don't be wise in your own opinion. What you, want to, you want to be truly wise. You want to be wise according to God's standards. Proverbs 28, verse 26 says, He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. But whoever walks wisely will be delivered. See, there is a true wisdom. What is that? Acknowledging the Lord. Trusting in the Lord. Doing what he said. That's the wise man. Notice it has nothing to do with the ability of a person. It has everything to do with that, the heart of the person and how they approach God. That's what makes a a person wise. It doesn't have anything to do with intelligence. Wisdom has zero to do with intelligence. Wisdom is the right application of knowledge. You can know all kinds of knowledge and totally have a train wreck of a life because you are not acknowledging God. On the other hand, you could be what the world considers. You don't have a, you know, a whole lot to offer, but if your heart's towards God, God can do amazing things with you, and you can have a good life. You can have a great life because God's good. Jeremiah 9, verse 23. It says, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, For in these I delight, says the Lord. He just said, all this other stuff, don't let anybody glory in that. You glory in the fact that you know me and you fear me. Guys, that sums up life. You can't come to the Lord Jesus and bow your knee unless you believe something. Unless you believe he is the way, the truth, and the life. And when you come to the Lord, he is your Lord. Ought to be, not just your Savior, ought to be your Lord. That means you do what He says to do. You bow your knee to Him and acknowledge Him in every way, and you're not doing your own thing anymore. You don't do your own thing. 
You do what he said to do. That's precious before God. That's precious. You want, you want to be... You want to be held precious by the Lord. It's your heart attitude toward him. That'll free you up. Because it's not about you. It's not about what you have. It's not about you trying to be so good. It's about you acknowledging him. He knows your heart. And so you lay everything where you are down before him. And you start following him with your heart. Well, he'll lead you and guide you. And he'll help you. The grace of God will be on your life to, to do what he's asked you to do. Psalm 37, verse 5 says, Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in Him, and He'll bring it to pass. He will bring it to pass. He will bring it to pass. Everybody say, He will bring it to pass. How? You're going to commit your way to the Lord. Now, see, that doesn't mean you make your way up and you do that and ask him to bless it. If you are trusting in him you're, and he's your Lord, you're going to go to him, get what you're supposed to do from him. Then you're going to trust in him. You're going to do it, and he's going to bring it to pass. And then who gets the glory? He gets the glory. Not you. And if you're smart, you'll realize it was not me. You'll know that it was not me. That was not me doing that. That was the grace of God, and you are going to give him all the glory and not going to take one shred of it for yourself. Look at 2 Chronicles 1, verse 7. We have an example of this. It's the Old Covenant, but it's an example of somebody whose heart was right at this point in their life. Solomon. See, Solomon walked with God and walked according to God's ways and walked in wisdom as long as his relationship was close to God. But in later days, he drifted. And he got stupid. You know, he was only as wise as he was close to God. But here, he's doing the right thing. So you can learn from that. Second Chronicles 1, verse 7. On that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask, what shall I give you? So Solomon, if you just a little backstory in case you don't know, so Solomon's the son of King David. King David, greatest king uh, of Israel, you know, killed Goliath, led them uh, to all kinds of, of glory. Uh, David had his own trouble, but it, the Bible calls him uh, a, a man after God's own heart. He had some stuff that he dealt with in his flesh, but uh, he, he uh, brought the, the kingdom of Israel forward. He was a great king. And so this is his son Solomon, and Solomon is now becoming king. And God is asking him, appears to him in a dream, and says, uh, it says, on that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask, what shall I give you? Ask him, what, what do you want? And Solomon said to, to God, you have shown great mercy to David my father and have made me king in his place. Now, O Lord God, let your promise to David my father be established. For you have made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people for who can judge this great people of yours. So he's asking for wisdom. Verse 11, then God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart, 
and you have not asked for riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked me for long life, but have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself. Stop right there. He's got to believe something about God and trust God in order to ask for this. He is trusting God. He's not trying to get ahead looking at, well, give me the money. Give me, you know, my, the life of my enemies. Make me a conqueror. Don't, uh, you know, give me long life or honor. He's, he's asking for wisdom, and he understands. See, there's a humility at this point there. He understands he can't do it by himself. He needs God. And so he says, Lord, I, I can't do this. Give me your wisdom so that I can be a good king. Well, so let's read and start at verse 11 again. It says, Then God said to Solomon, Because this was in your heart, you have not asked for riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked for long life, but have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king, Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you, and I will give you riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had who were before you, nor shall any after you have the like. He said, I will give you what you did not ask for because you asked me for wisdom, and you trusted me, and therefore you will get what you didn't ask for. And you will get riches, and you will get honor, and you will get long life. And nobody will have it before, like nobody's had it before, nobody will have it after because you asked me for the right thing. He humbled himself, he acknowledged God, and he went after him. So that should be our heart. We go after him. We need his wisdom. We rely on him. Lord, what do you want me to do? See, as long as Solomon kept that heart, he walked, he walked in all that. But he, he got stupid. He walked away from God. I mean, this always boggles my mind. He had so much. He had everything, everything that you could ask for. He had all the money. You know, he didn't have a Ferrari because they didn't have Ferraris then or anything. But he had the best uh, he didn't have an iPhone. He didn't have the stuff we had. He had the best of everything then. It would be like somebody today. I mean, the amount of wealth he had was just amazing. People came from all over the world to see him. But here's the thing. It wasn't enough. I mean, he literally had a 1,000 women at his disposal, and it wasn't enough. So, we ought to keep that stuff in mind. When you see somebody with everything and still walk away from God, it's not the stuff. It ought to be just a blatant, just obvious thing in our face that that stuff cannot and, and people cannot satisfy us. I mean, I, just throughout, when I, when I would think, 
you, Solomon is a good example in that way. You see, if you think anything will ever satisfy you apart from God, you just think of Solomon. And you will know it's a lie. I mean, it just blows your mind how, how, how um, all the stuff he had, people will not satisfy you. No, we got to rely on him. As long as Solomon stayed near to God, he was successful. But he started drifting away to where when he's writing Ecclesiastes, he is stupid. He's just asking stupid questions. He's just like, what is it all for? I just don't know. How are you going to hear from God? You're going to be close to him. You're going to trust on him. Trust him. And then you'll continue to hear. Talking about relying on him. How are you going to hear? You stay close to him. You put everything you, uh, before him. You acknowledge him. You're going to hear him. So I can't hear him. Get close to him. And you'll hear him. Draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. You rely on him and put uh, your reliance on him. Acknowledge him. And we read Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, what we read, lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. He'll direct them. Everybody say, he'll direct them. He'll direct them. Put in... It's actually a different verse. Proverbs 3, uh, 5, and 6. Just go ahead and put that up. It's a few verses before that since we're talking about it earlier, about five or six verses from the beginning. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. So trust in him and then don't trust in you. So if you're trusting in you and you can't hear, ding, 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 you identified a problem, right? That's a problem because that's going to cloud up our understanding. And trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't rely. The other translation said don't rely on it. Don't rely on your insight and your understanding and your wisdom. Don't do it because what? It's, it's an equation. It's messing with. To the degree that you're relying on you, you can't hear. To the degree that you're listening to him, you can hear. Next part of it. And all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall. Everybody say shall. shall. Say it again, shall. shall. That means he will. It means 100%. He shall direct your past, period. That right there. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your past, period. He will. So how are we going to hear him? How are we going to walk on the path he has for us? Everything before you, Lord. Everything that you are, I'm trusting you. And if something tries to pop up, oh, no, look here, look there, look away from God. Look, look at your own self. What are we going to do? Oh, no. As that gets in, what does it do? It muddies the waters. It muddies things. It, it makes it so we can't hear we can be talking all day, oh, God, I'll, 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 I, I want to hear you, I want to hear you. But if we're letting this other stuff come up, we're not going to hear. We rely on him 
We can do nothing apart from Him, and we're going to bear fruit by relying on Him. And we're going to need to hear Him in order to follow Him. Why would we do, want to do anything else anyway? He's a good God. Thank you, Lord.